This is Growth Masters. The show for CEOs, CMOs, and anyone wanting to keep up with what's new in the world of business, marketing, and tech. You're in conversation with Robert Tadros. Hello and welcome to the Growth Masters podcast. I'm your host, Robert Tadros. Joining me on the show today is Aaron Smith. Aaron is an award-winning fitness innovator and entrepreneur. And based on the Japanese philosophy of Kaizen, KX Pilates is a dynamic workout that has absolutely transformed both fitness participants and the business at large. Aaron founded KX Pilates back in February of 2010 and has since built it into Australia's largest Pilates franchise, with 74 studios across the country and one studio in Indonesia. Aaron, welcome to the show, mate. Aaron, welcome. Mate, for all our listeners, I would love for you to take us right at the beginning and tell us how you got to where you are today. Uh, how, uh, how many hours have you got? We've um, got a bit of time. <laughs> yeah, look, thank you very much for having me. Um, yeah, look, it's been a crazy journey. We're 11 years into KX now. Uh, it kind of, look, it all kind of started, my, my business kind of entrepreneurial blossomed when I was probably 14, 15. A uh, bit of a smart-ass comment to my father over the dinner table. He'd been in business for 45 years about my inheritance and he laughed at me and told me I was getting nothing and I had to do it all myself. And from that day, I think the next day he handed me the, uh, the book by Robert Kiyosaki, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, which kind of changed my life and thinking that I had to start my own business. Um, in terms of fitness, fitness changed my life when I was 17 and a half, I had a knee reconstruction, uh, blew out to 104 kilos. And then uh, I've been an overweight teenager with a bit of an eating disorder. And, and that was basically the, the end of the straw for me. And I basically changed my entire life um through fitness i went from 104 down to 83 completely ripped i was obsessed with training training programs diet nutrition my whole career then changed into i was at uni at the time and i changed all into uh, exercise physiology uh, did a bit of pharmacology as well just to see if um, pharmacy was the direction that i would go down which it wasn't um and then personal training i fell in love with personal trainer for I think three or four years, started traveling the world, started in Colorado because I'm a big snowboarder um, and then ended up in London. Um, so I was away for probably five years all up, back and forth a little bit. But when I moved to London, I found the style of, well, not found it, I found the style of uh, dynamic Pilates in London, in the West End. Um, it was the first studio of its kind in London, just come from LA. And um, I just absolutely fell in love with the style of training, the clientele that it brought along with it. You know, the personal training world in Australia was was very much saturated and I was just looking for something different and looking something of what I could bring back. And um, immediately I knew that was going to be it. So I, I learned everything I possibly could, became the head trainer of that studio and um, and ran all the academies there for, for the three years I was in London. And then 2009, I returned home um, in debt to my father, told myself I wouldn't go back into fitness unless it was my own thing. So I started working in bars and and gaming and stuff that I was doing in my late teens just to get some money. And three three weeks later, I cracked it. I said, I can't do this. Sat my father down, told him my dream. And a couple of weeks later, we're in his uh, bank manager's office and he guaranteed my first loan. Uh, KX first studio in Melbourne was opened six months later in February 2010. Um, so that's basically how, how, how the concept and arrived in Australia. Um, luckily for me, the, the lady in London wasn't a trainer. So I had that advantage of making it better 
Um, so we've completely uh, revolutionized the workout, made it our own over the years. Actually brought a girl back with me in 2011, Amy Skinner, who's been my head of training ever since. She's coming up to 10 years uh, next month, actually. Um, so she's been by my side, basically, in the training department. And yeah, we, we, we basically, we grew grew not knowing anything to do with business when I first opened. I was a great trainer. I knew everything to do about training, you know, how to win a client over, how to, how to impress, how to make them warm to me really quickly, the right questions to ask. But in terms of business, I knew absolutely nothing. So um, I threw myself into what was the very first entourage group back then, Young Entrepreneurs uh, Business Group. Um, they were just starting out. So I was, you know, with six Andrew, other businesses. Andrew Morello and, yeah, and, uh, yeah, and Jack, Morello and Jack. So I was yeah. in their first Melbourne group. Um, there was only six businesses. We were working out the back of Morello's brother's uh, real estate uh, agency out in Flemington. He had a bit <laughs> of space out there on the weekends. But it was really good, very different beast than what it is now. But back then, it was really personalized. They, we brought our problems to the table. And every month, we, we learned something different, whether that be you know online, marketing, finance, everything to do with it. And I just implemented everything I possibly could. And if it failed, moved on. If it worked, fantastic. And even some of our um, you know, national benefits programs and things we still have in KX started from back then. So it was fantastic for me to learn everything to do. You know, like it was almost um, you know, a real, a real startup to, to a startup, really, of how to, how to run a business from, from day one. Um, the first year was an absolute grind. I was trying to learn everything, but at the same time teaching a shit ton of classes. Um, you know, I was up at 4.30 every morning home at 10 p.m. at night, you know, I'd bring the towels home for my mum to wash and, and bring them back the next day. So I was living at home with my parents, driving my dad's car. I was giving myself 200 bucks a week. So it was a pretty dark, dark time. Um, I suppose the enthusiasm and excitement of growing a business really um, kept me going. But, uh, you know, I was very, very lonely, lonely, probably 12 to, to 18 months. And then I think timing was was right for me because uh, the January of 2011, it was the you know where the group buying world was dominating. It's in scoupons and groupons and and uh, jump on it, all those sort of things. Um, you know, and I got together with those guys and uh, and did a really good deal that that went through the roof. I think we sold 1,600 um, vouchers, like five session vouchers. So add that up, it's a lot of classes to deliver. But at that stage, my classes went full. And whether I had two people in my class or, or 14 people in my class, I was paying myself or the trainer, I was paying myself basically nothing, but the trainer, um, the same amount. So, you know, if I had, if I filled those classes up with people, you know, who eventually be raving fans, it worked really well for me. I, I kind of had the idea to open Studio 2 really quickly. So 18 months later, I opened Studio 2 in Port Melbourne. And I think when you open a second studio, people think it's off the success of your first studio. It certainly wasn't. I had to go back to the bank and get another loan. Uh, but that sort of um, that mentality of, hey, this business is growing, it's going somewhere. Uh, and then I started attracting a bit of attention in Melbourne. So with, um, with the brand out there now, a few trainers came to me and asking to get involved. I, I knew that franchising was, was the key to grow this business because in London, when I first started, there was one studio. By the time I left, there was 15 studios across five companies that our trainers went and basically started. And even to this day with 75 studios, I'll say 50% of the network is ex-trainers or trainers who we moved up into the franchise and own their own business or clients who were just obsessed with the brand. They either had kids, wanted to come back into the world of, of, of making money again and wanted their own thing. They didn't want to go back into corporate. So all internal growth, which is fantastic for KX. But 
so I opened three studios with a trainer of mine, um, Ali Sensor. Uh, we did, again, great suburbs, Richmond, Campbell, Brighton, Victoria, really high affluent suburbs. Uh, that enabled me to then get out of the day-to-day of the business and really work on the franchise documentation. You know, my wife joined in 2013, who was a brain in systems and, and IT and marketing. She really uh, completely changed the, the franchising um, dynamics of the business and really helped start that. So, you know, and from then on, it's been just, you know, a lot of hurdles, a lot of bumps in the road, but, um, you know, we wake up, we keep going. And I think if you're constantly growing, it's great for a franchise because, you know, if you're opening another studio and another studio, another studio, you, you are growing. Um, so, you know, it's, you know, so 11 years later, 75 studios, a couple of internationals. It's, um, yeah, things are going well. Yeah, no, no, that's what, what, a, what a story. What a story. Minus last Amazing. year, of course, but that's a different conversation. <laughs> we'll, get, we'll, get, we'll get there in a second, right? We'll get there in a second because I'm, I'm, I'm curious to, 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 I guess, understand like the resilience, right? How could you go from having 75 studios to pretty much being at like 98% shut down? Yeah. Like, that's just crazy stuff. But before I get there, like, what do you think is the key to, that's been the key to your success, right? Because there is no doubt about it. This vertical is so saturated. It's not even funny. Right, like every Tom, Dick, and Harry these days is a personal trainer and has a, you know, a sixty or a ninety-day challenge that you're gonna, you know, be shredded and lose weight and, and, and all the rest of it. Right, like I think I, I man, I mean, we don't even need to go into this, but the amount of ads <laughs> that, you know, I think we all get hit with is, is is ridiculous. So, like, how do you cut through a lot of this bullshit? Yeah, look, it was it was really great for us. A, we were we were ahead of the time. Boutique fitness wasn't really there back in the day um, when I first started, 2010, which was why the first. 18 months was really hard. Pilates was was in physio clinics. That was it. It was a rehab um, technique, and, and it was great for physios because they bolt on a Pilates studio next to their clinic, and 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 uh, their longevity of their of their clients is an extra ten weeks, if not more. But being in the in the exercise space of Pilates, uh, in, in the high intensity space of Pilates, which again is 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 one level up. Uh, and in a world where boutique fitness hadn't really arrived, I mean, we had yoga studios back then, but that was pretty much it. Um, it was really hard for us in terms of price points because it was, I'm not sure if you remember back in those days, it was the domination of the 24 seven gym. So people were paying 10 bucks a week yeah. for a gym membership. And we were asking them to pay 30 bucks for one session at KX. Like when Snap Fitness was coming in and a lot of those guys, you know, it was like 10, 12 All bucks of, a week. Yeah. And it was Completely consolidated the, the gym industry back then between probably 2008, 2014. Um, you know, F45 started in 2013. So they were great. They expanded rapidly and they lifted the price of boutique fitness up to where it is today, which was, which was also really good for us. But again, um, they also helped us because people went there, trained really hard, either got injured or burnt out where they come to still get a great workout in a, in a low impact environment, which was us. So, um, but yeah, look, it's, it's an interesting world that we live in, in now. Um, I really feel consolidation of the Pilates and boutique fitness industry is coming. The independence probably going to get hurt in the next couple of years. There's some really big dogs coming into uh, Australia from overseas with a lot of money. Um, so yeah, I just think we, we were a little bit of ahead of the curve then. Um, you know, we had no direct competition back then. If you had a great experience with KX, you couldn't go to another Pilates um, studio to do that same workout. It just didn't exist. Mm-hmm. So we really captured the market. Um, now, obviously, we're, we're fighting really hard to keep that market. You know, and I think competition is fantastic because it keeps us on our toes and, and um, you know, pushes complacency to the side. So, um, yeah, I mean, fitness is booming, but 
I also think it's fantastic because it's also opening. I haven't looked at the stats recently, but like five years ago, like 16, 17% of Australians exercise three times a week. I honestly think that number is now increasing. People are putting health first, um, fitness first, especially after COVID. They're realizing that if they keep their bodies, you know, healthy, active and alive, then they can, um, you know, really push through the, the stuff that's coming at us from from illness, etc. We will not rehab ever, so we were always about getting the body ready and um, and a preemptive workout before you would even get injured as well. So a few different avenues where we hit, but you know I, we've spent a lot of time, a lot of energy on our branding, on our people. Um, so for us, it's all about community. It's all about yes, we've got a great workout. People come for the workout, but they stay because they belong to somewhere. They're not a number. They are an individual. We learn their name very quickly and, and about them. And, um, you know, and our trainers are taught really, really well how to connect and really hold hold that relationship strong um, so that if someone's like a great, next great door, experience, right? Yeah, correct. Exactly. And, and that's it, experience. right? It, yeah. The KX is the Kaizen experience. It's all about the experience that we provide. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, let's just shift gears a bit, right? So you stepped out of the CEO role in late 2018. Correct, Focused yes. more on, you know, innovation and international expansion. Like, how did that, I mean, how did you even go on about that, right? Like, I mean, that's that's a big move, right? To, to yeah. move from, from that from that position, right? And essentially, I'm assuming, give that position to someone else, which Correct. typically is not a very easy thing to do. In fact, I'm going through <laughs> some very similar at the moment, right? Um, so, like, yeah, talk me through that. Like, I mean, how did that, did that take its toll on you? Was it Look, I'll, I'll, ju- I'll, jump, I'll jump back one question as well, because I probably didn't answer that first question as good. But I would say people has got me through it all. Like, I also yeah. realized very early on in the day, Yes, I was a good trainer, but I didn't want to train forever. I was bad at marketing, so I got a great marketer, who was my wife at the time she worked in the business. Anything I was poor at, I delegated to someone who was better at. So my success has really been hiring the best people and recruiting the best franchisees because you know, I could guarantee that, um, that the, my franchisees are better running their studios than I, than I ever was. Like they connect with their clients, they connect with their community. Fast forward to 2018, you know, I was the CEO of a... Where were we then? 40-something franchise. I I loved growing the franchise in the beginning. And again, the personal relationships that I made with my some of my owners. But all of a sudden, it grows into a bigger business. And I, I was just not enjoying and didn't think I was very good at the CEO role. And, um, you know, and a colleague once said to me, I don't know what CEO I'm going to be this time next year, but I'm, I'll get there somehow, whether I learn... To me, that wasn't good enough. I wasn't good enough now, and I didn't think I was going to get to be better, nor did I want to be better. So I basically sat down. Again, it was through EO. I, I, um, I saw a, a, a talk once about, you know, if you focused all of your energy on your strengths, your strengths would multiply 500 times. But if you focus on your weaknesses, they might get better one or two times. So put all your energy in your strengths. So I, I really sat down one day and I went, well, what am I good at? And what do I, what do I really suck at? And, and running a franchise and the politics that becomes around a franchise system, um, you know, the relationship breakdown that can happen. A lot of things that I love the idea of helping someone succeed and open their own business, but then, you know, everything that comes with it, I didn't really enjoy. What I did enjoy was the founder position that I'm in. You know, I love going into studios. I love still teaching classes. I love connecting with my owners, my clients. I love helping people and really advising. And between me and my wife, we've basically done every single job in the entire business. So now we can sit on more of an advisory role. Growth has always been massive for me. So that international expansion and overseeing, that's fantastic. 
And of course, the, the people, our partners overseas, obviously want to know the founder and the owner. And so those relationships are really, really important. But, you know, it's the, the, the one in Selena, who, who is now CEO, she was just brilliant in that day-to-day operational running of a franchise and the relationships. Like the amount of sleep that I lost over the smallest little things, she just kind of brushes brushes past her shoulder and it doesn't even bother her. So, you know, it's, it's about finding what, what you love. And again, innovation is something that I'm really passionate about. Um, I mean, I've spent five years developing what we've just released uh, being our customized um, reformer machine. So again, with all these new studios popping up, especially around Melbourne and a lot of our trainers, because they couldn't join the franchise in fantastic suburbs, went and opened their own independent studios. You know, they ended up being, as we call KX copycats. So, so my fear was, yeah, a client could go to them and have the exact same experience apart from having KX on the door. So we needed something different. And, and to me, it was really developing our, our equipment um, that really will revolutionize kx model and bring it up so you know we've trademarked that we've patented that we're working with you know the best manufacturer in the world balanced body so um you can't go to another studio and have that same experience anymore that you might have had previously because our equipment is ours and, and you cannot copy it so um so that really really got got me going and um and that was really my life and those were huge ups and downs we went through i think four prototypes probably a quarter of a million dollars in R&D, multiple trips to China, et cetera, and, and America. And, uh, and you know, it's, I'm so happy now to, to finally say that it is, it is done. And, and our final, final, final um, machine will be released uh, in June. So it's, it's been wow. a long time coming. But I, I, again, I just found out what I was passionate about, what I loved, what really got me up in the morning and really handballed the responsibility of everything I didn't like over to people who are better at it than me. Um, so, Mate, and I, I'll tell you what, like I, I'll take my hat off to you, right? Because I know this is an interesting topic and it's actually very close to me at the moment. But um, I think when you get, when you find yourself in a CEO position, like ego gets in the way. 100%. Right? And it's like, I don't want to step down, right? It's like, what do you mean? I need to fire myself from a CEO position? You know, like, and, and I think, yeah, as I said, naturally, that, you know, ego gets in the way. And, and I think a lot of people sort of struggle with that concept, right? So to have, to be able to have, uh, I, I guess the, the the power to go. No, I know what my strengths are, and I need to move to the side and do what I'm really passionate about, and what I'm really really good at, and give that to someone who's very good at being that CEO and can fly through it, like you said, right? Yeah. And I'm, I resonate a lot with that. You know, there's a lot of things I sit here and I'm like, for a whole week trying to figure something out. Someone walks in and goes, does it for five minutes, you know? Like, yeah, so correct. Yeah, I, I think and I've seen to, friends' yeah. businesses fail because they didn't step aside of the CEO role correct. when they should have. And a lot of it's money as well. Like, don't get me wrong. I could be earning a lot more than I am now because I'm paying Selena a big salary. But my my lifestyle is fantastic. Now, another reason why it was good timing at the time was, you know, my son was born in 2015. I've had Mondays off since he was born, basically. My daughter was born in 2017. So that was that time where I was like, you know, these are the young years I'm never going to get back. And before they go to school, I really want to be around. So, and again, we just had another baby now. So it's also great to, to, to not have to rush to work at a certain hour. And don't get me wrong, we worked our hours pre-kids. We were doing 80-hour weeks. We lived and breathed. Me and my wife literally lived and breathed KX Pilates. We had no world outside of it. And we moved to Sydney for 18 months to grow up there. So it was a crazy time back then. And then you really sit back and go, well, why am I doing all of this? Like to me, my baby in my life was KX. As soon as I had kids, it was just being the best dad I possibly could be. And how can I do that plus work? So I love the phrase, 
you know, you're not a business, you're not a businessman with a family, you'd be you're a family man with a business. And that's yeah. basically under underlines me massively. Your priorities change, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And control, I mean, control is really hard to lose that control. Um, you know, the 80% rule is a good one to go by that, you know, that you'll, no one will probably ever do it as you think as good as you. But the best part about Sloan, we have the biggest arguments you would not believe. She sits on one end of the fence, I sit on the other. We come to the, <laughs> to the middle most yeah. of the time. Uh, I very rarely, rarely have to overrule it just because I own the business, because me and my wife own the business. But, but it's great to have those conversations. And I think also when someone is looking for a CEO, they usually hire, uh, their mistake is they hire themselves. And then all of a sudden, like, again, I heard a, a, a business the other day, they hired a CEO and then they step back and they're like, well, hang on a minute. No, I don't like the way you're doing things there. Or why am I paying you? We're not going to be doing the same thing. So then they basically come back in and push their CEO to the side or, or demote them or whatever. And, you know, as a founder, you're really, really important. No one else is going to be the founder. CEO can come and go. But also as a CEO founder, you, you've employed yourself like there. So no one's, no exactly. board has elected you as a CEO <laughs> because you're the best candidate for that business. So you kind of have to sit back. Um, and another really, really big lesson I learned was, you know, it was always about growing and you know, back in the day with the entourage and stuff, it's like, right, what's your exit strategy? What's your exit strategy? Um, but exiting a business in a sense is hiring a CEO. You get off your day-to-day, you get off the everything that you hated that lands on your desk every day. I don't put out fires anymore. If I walk into a studio and a studio owner has had a massive blue with head office, it's completely beyond me. And I have a fantastic relationship with them. And at the end of the day, they're like, we care still, we're still in it together. We're here for you. We might disagree on certain things, but let's move forward together and let's let's find a, a way around. And that's really powerful, I think, um, especially in in a franchise when when relationships are just so important. Yeah, mate. There's some key learnings. There's some really really good key learnings actually. Let's shift gears a bit. So last year, 2020, uh, you turned 10. You're on track to 25 million annual turnover, and yep. then uh, this COVID came along. Right. Um, I know I shouldn't be laughing, but I mean, mate, I think we're all there, right? So we were all there, lockdown, yes. right? And it forced you to close down pretty much what 98% of the studios? Pretty much no, I mean, we or... closed down all the studios. The 98% of revenue turnover, the little bit was just a bit of trickle from uh, the pivot onto online and and, uh, and what we did there. So it was very, very minimal. But yeah. mate, my, my 2020 couldn't have started better. I said to myself, as I said before, Colorado is a big spot for me. We go back every couple of years to um, the Vale Valley. And, and I said to myself back in the day that in 10 years, if the business is successful, I'm going back and I'm going to do it well. If it's not successful, I'm just going to go back there anyway and be a ski bum. So to me, failure or success was still looking good for me. I was going to go snowboarding. Obviously, KX has done well. We went for six weeks, took the family over, got a big chalet, had my parents come over, my wife's parents and friends. Amazing six weeks. We get back, we turn 10, amazing. Uh, we have our conference, KX conference, which is an annual conference we have with all of our owners up in Sydney and Manly, looking across the water, amazing weekend, hire a super yacht, have our 10 year party, the best weekend, the best eight weeks, whatever. Come back down, three weeks later, studios close. My father was in business for 45 years. He closed his doors for one day to renovate. So like the, the, the scale of that's pretty crazy, right? So yeah, all the studios shut down from like the 23rd of March for uh, Victoria was what that first 12 or 13 weeks, Adelaide, a few other states were a little bit earlier in the start of June. Um, the bum, bummed out thing was that our head office is in Victoria. So when all the other states opened up, 
it was fantastic for them because you know at kx for a busy studio we have capacity problems because we we can't sell more burgers as you say once the studio is full the studio is full all we can do is put more classes on but most of the time during the day people don't want to exercise you know two o'clock three o'clock but because everyone was working at home all those studios put three four five more classes on during the day bang they were full capacity went through the roof everyone bounced back not only well but you know, we were seeing revenues of 20 to 50% on top of the year before. So that was fantastic for those states to bounce back. Victoria, obviously three weeks open, bank shut again. You know, head office, we had to put everyone back down to like one to two days a week, but still hope and expect that they would work full time Mm -hmm. uh, because they obviously had to support the rest of the country. And the rest of the country is still screaming, saying we, we need the support because we're as busy as ever and, you know, nothing's changed for us sort of thing. So... You know, we always say now that our head office literally went through every lockdown that every state did individually, whether it be snap lockdown, because at an instant notice, we had to jump back on the front foot, change it all, get the communications out there to clients that were closing or what needed to happen in terms of mass, what, you know, per square meter rule, whatever. So 98.6% drop for those first three months. And then I would say for that financial year, we, we, we shaved a third off our projections that we we're on track for. So now we basically- hey, What was going no- through your head at that time? I mean, to, to lose that much money in you know, such a short amount of time, like yeah. I, I can't even comprehend it. I mean, it was pretty full on. Um, I was in shock the first, I still remember on that Sunday, the 22nd or whatever it was when we got told, like we got told at I think 6.30 PM that we had to close the studios the next day when Dan got on there. I remember getting on a Zoom call with Selena and my wife and going, oh, well, we've got to close, we've got to close, you know, kind of not much we can do. You know, I think I drank a bit of wine that night just to get me through it. But then I woke up the next morning going, you know, that's couldn't be further from the truth. We have so much work to do. You know, it was amazing that, my wife has a skill set of, of the IT, so she was really, really quick to, and we didn't want to go down the path of the Facebook classes and the Instagram classes and using someone else's platform and looking really, really um, kind of amateur. We wanted to do it properly through Zoom, proper recordings, et cetera. So it took us probably two weeks to get going, but then we had a few tears. We, had, we wanted just to be there. The whole, there's two messages that I sent to the team when that happened. One was, we need to stay afloat. So my finance guy was brilliant by cutting expenses, um, you know, really dealing with the leasing, the landlords, the banks, all that sort of stuff. So that was great. Number two, because obviously we don't have a business unless we stay afloat. Secondly, it was just staying relevant in our clients' minds. I just wanted to be there for our clients. I didn't care if we didn't make any money off the online stuff, as long as that we would be there for them. So, you know, we had we had free classes going out weekly to the, the clients that lost their jobs, that had no money to pay. We had like, it was like $5 a week for our premium access, which gave you a library of classes and a new class every day. And then we started getting feedback from our clients saying that they missed that personal interaction. So that's why we started the live Zoom classes with only 15 people per class. So we actually had a trainer doing the workout and a trainer instructing and seeing everyone doing the workout as well. And also bring back that banter, that personalization they had in studios and, and what they really missed. And, you know, the feedback we got from that was just incredible. You know, literally we had clients going, I wouldn't have made it through COVID unless I had KX by our side and those live classes and those amazing connections that they already had with their trainers. So that was the solid thing of connecting previously. Um, and then it was just, you know, slowly getting back on board. Like I knew with the government help assistance, the laws, all that sort of stuff was going to push us through, you know, and we, we basically... We tried to link with as many businesses and products to to push to our database to sell to you know bring revenue in. Uh, otherwise, um, you know, and then when we realised we we're kind of in a, in a decent spot that we were going to survive, 
he was just really holding holding through and pushing through. So, um, yeah, we delete that off. Made our, you, it made you a better like a better person, a better business owner. I was re, uh, 100%. Um, I think we reacted to it really, really well in the beginning because, you know, growing a business is just filled with adversity um, and it's filled with ups and downs. And instead of, apart from that one night when I was like, meh, no, not much we can do. Most of the time, we, you know, we go to war. Uh, it's really quick uh, changes in business. And, and, and we were just so used to, you know, just shit hitting the fan in our business yeah. in general um, over the years that we'll kind of go, right. So we didn't panic in that sense. We're like, right, let's just go to work. You know, I was stay-at-home dad for those six months. My wife was working 14-hour days and going crazy. So, you know, we just, we put the hours in and, and, uh, and there was a lot of work behind the scenes, but, you know, it pushed us through. And again, when we came out and they opened the doors, right, the, the response was amazing. Clients just flooded back in the studios. We were already a meter and a half apart. Clients, we wiped their, their machines down or they wiped their machines down after class anyway. So all those social distancing, those rules, we already were doing anyway. Um, you know, clients are only on one machine for the whole 50 minutes of the class. We already had that 10-minute gap. So everything kind of complied. It was probably a shit thing that we were painted with the same brush as gyms. So until they opened, we couldn't. But um, understand why, why that was the case. So... Look, I wouldn't want to do it again. It certainly made us all stronger. It actually brought my wife and, and me closer together, funnily enough to say, because we, we were crazy, but it was uh, one time probably, but we both knew our roles and we really connected really, really well or even better than we already had. Had been probably hence the <laughs> the baby that was born nine months later. Um, but it was just, uh, yeah, great, yeah, COVID baby. So look, it was an absolute roller coaster, uh, but yeah, 100%, learn, learn a lot. It's so interesting, right? Like I was actually just having a chat to a mate of mine today about this. You know, a lot, a lot of, a lot of people in lockdown, they had you could have gone down two routes, right? So you sit on the couch and drink as much wine, as much piss as you can, and just eat junk and put on. You know, I've seen some. I've got mates of mine put on 15, 16 kilos, right? Or a lot, a lot of us actually went the other way. We built gyms in our, you know, in our garages, and you know, to a certain degree, I was in probably the best shape I'd ever been my entire life during COVID, right? Yeah. I didn't go down the, the other route. So, do you think? And, and look, and a part of it was a lot of the gyms that I was going to. I do a bit of boxing as well. We were running a lot of like Zoom classes, right, just yeah. to keep us keep us active. And here I am, like I had Mateo, my little man on my shoulders, doing squats, you know, in the in the, in the yeah, lounge nice. room for you know during, during COVID. So it was a lot of fun. Right, we tried to make it as much fun as as, as we can. So are you continuing the online classes? Is that is that now? We do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We still have it. Um, the the live classes, obviously. Our, our trainers and our owners uh, have gone back to obviously their focus, main focus being in studio. We still have our on-demand and our library of classes that's accessed through our app that's now, pretty sure it's now available to, to all KX clients for free now. So that, that still grows. But I mean, it's just, it's just going to be just to the side of someone if they travel or if they can't get the studio as much as they want to, they can, they can tap into it. But I mean, we're reformer Pilates. So all that stuff was, was on the mat, dynamic mat sort of stuff. So our bread and butter is, is reformer. But it's funny you say that because the first lockdown, I went in to the left side in terms of the alcohol increased, you know, the, the, the exercise decreased. Second lockdown for us, completely different. I didn't drink for 15 weeks. I secretly had access to a friend's um, gym in South Arrow that we boarded up the, the front so no one could see us training and I was in there you know a few days a week and I was in the best shape I'd been since I was 20 years old uh, it's funny though November came out of lockdown social lives come back dinners come back it's like you know it's um just getting Mate, I was, I was, ni- I was 98 kilos I was the heaviest I've ever been in March 
after the, the initial lockdown, because I went into this like massive panic mode. You know, we run a, we're a business of 70 people, right? So to transition yeah. all of that into the into the online world and everything else that came with COVID was just, was just chaos, right? Um, up to 98 kilos are in the heaviest in my entire life. Maybe I didn't even, mate, like I would hover 85, you know, yeah, 86 wow. is when like I'm really, really heavy, right? But 98, and I thought to myself, if I continue, like I'm, I'm that's it, that's going to be the enough. Limit, right? Yeah. So I was like, I said to my wife, just I said, that's it. So I went and bought a rack. And, you know, obviously gym equipment was pretty bloody hard to get at the time. Yes, yes, it was. Small mats on the, in, in the garage and um, went from 98 to 83, seven months, no alcohol. I didn't drink yeah, anything. Wow. Um, Fantastic, I, well done. Mate, it was, it, was, it was awesome. And then obviously December came and you know, had a few beers Correct. and all the rest of it. Now I'm at like 86. So it's all right. I can, yeah, <laughs> I'm that's still, all right. You're back. Not, not bad, it's right? Good. you got to live but, at the same time, right? you got to live. Exactly you need that balance. Correct. Correct. What's on the roadmap? What is the next sort of 12 months? You don't have to give away too much. But what's uh, uh, mate, what, what the roadmap's this? exciting. I mean, we've had we I mean our inquiry was strong pre-COVID anyway, um, in terms of new 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 studios. It's gone through the roof post-COVID, um, which is fantastic. People are either changing careers or really kicking them into gear into starting their own thing. It's great for us because Queensland wasn't huge for us on the map. Um, but with a lot of people, you know, being obsessed with KX in their states, moving to Queensland, going, hey, there's no KX where I live. So it's great inquiry into, into states that we're not huge into yet. International is still really big for us. So, you know, we opened, we opened China Studios last year during COVID and that's going well. Probably got 12 studios over there at the moment. But my business partner over there is trialing a few different models. So a couple in gyms. There's a big rehabilitation um, industry there for post postpartum um and uh and when when a woman's trying to recover after birth so uh he's looking into those studios personal training studios to throw a couple of machines into so and also the standalone kx studios that you see in australia so trying to just trying to do a few different things to see which is which is there indonesia we've still got our partner over there i mean they were absolutely smashed with covid they've just opened up and heavily heavily restricted and obviously zero government support so um there's not many people that that uh that kept swimming over there it was it was very much a sink mentality there so she'll she'll take a little bit time to, to get out but she'll start franchising this year into the surroundings of jakarta which is really really exciting and look we're talking to people at the moment from you know canada singapore new zealand so it's but again it's finding the right fit um, we don't just want to open one studio in, in in a city in the world it was never dots on the map it was never our strategy you know, it's easier to support a new studio opening up in Sydney versus throwing it over there. I think, again, your ego gets in the way going, hey, I've got a studio in New York, but the amount of time, energy, effort just to get that royalty back as well. Um, okay. So, yeah, just speaking to the right people who really uh, have a good growth and business mindset, who have the capital to to open up and scale, you know, as, as a master franchise in those countries. Obviously, our KX former I've talked about before, that's you know, it got released in December. We've had some very, very minor adjustments, but the final model will be uh, finalised in, in June, July, which is great. So the launches are coming for there this year. And yeah, we uh, we push on. Education is, is really big for us. Um, so, you know, I wouldn't be surprised in the next couple of years if if, if uh, we go, because at the moment we have our own KX Academy, which all the trainers pre-working for the business go through that. But, um, you know, as the Pilates industry grows, uh, and again, I was going to say before the consolidation of it all, it's, um, you know, there's, there's, there, there's a great opportunity as well with education, really educating our clients and, and our trainers more. So we work with some great third parties at the moment, um, but how we would 
adjust to potentially do a few things on our own or work and collaborate a bit more with them, still up for discussion. But, you know, there's, there's a lot of things on the cards. You know, opportunity is still really strong. It's, it's that classic case of, you know, you're saying no more to you're saying yes to and picking them wisely. But um, yeah, I think, you know, I was saying this, I wrote, I wrote an article on COVID. I mean, the, the head office team that got us through COVID, I'm so grateful for because they worked their absolute ass for, you know, they've been remunerated since then uh, to say thank you for their hard work. Um, but a lot of them moved on. A lot of them moved on. Um, they either got burnt out or they changed careers or they did whatever. So, you know, the start of the year, I think Selena hired seven or eight new people in head office, which is basically half the head office. But the talent that she has now brought into the team is just incredible. So I'm just super excited. I mean, most are only a couple of months in, but super excited to see that Joe. Um, and I'm also a role of founder and also like a chief culture officer now as well. So really internally, just trying to build the culture of the business, getting around the studios, doing a bit of a tour of Australia this year, seeing all of our owners and, um, yeah, and just seeing collectively, seeing how we can improve and get better every day. So I was just about to ask you if your role is going to change now, you know, um, over the next sort of 12 months to, I mean, who knows, obviously in two years or three years, but, um, you know, are you moving more from a, you know, that innovation sort of role, um, as you said, into more of a, um, like, heading the culture? Of the, of all yeah, of I mean, the... so innovation is still there, um, yep. certainly, but it's about, uh, I kind of learned the hard lesson back in the day of, of innovating outside of our core business, because, you know, when I first got three franchise fees, I used them to start a yoga studio and a cycle studio and a retreat business over in Bali and, you know, my entrepreneurial <laughs> <laughs> you just don't have the time either. And my passions weren't in a ballet bar studio. Um, so I, I consolidated them all back into... Um, a ballet bar into, studio? Yeah, we had KX Bar, probably six studios at one stage that we rebranded and, and sold off a couple of years ago as well. Our main focus has always been Pilates and uh, yeah. and I kind of lost that. So, so with us now, the focus is really innovating within. You know, we are dynamic and in high-intensity Pilates, but how can we make what we have better? How can we improve, develop, and innovate within our business now? Um, so that's the real focus, and and our training department is is really key there, and, and what we can what we can use and develop there. Our systems, our IT, our app, all that sort of stuff is how how can we improve the customer experience and retention, etc., like that. And uh, yeah, that's kind of where I sit. So I still sit on innovation. I still sit on, on international, just overseeing international, um, which is really exciting. And yeah, the cultural thing. So, I mean, COVID brought a lot of things out in people. Um, some it brought some great things and, and others have brought the worst out of people. And, mm-hmm. and I just felt it was, um, you know, it was words going around the network that I'd abandoned the business and that I'm not working in anymore. And we don't see Aaron anymore. And really my focus was on my family for a few years when Selena was there. And I was really trying to stay out of the spotlight so I could push Selena into, into the spotlight. But now she's fully in, integrained being two and a half years in. I can really stand alongside her, but in completely different roles, which is fantastic. So we set, we set up a board now. And so, you know, some, some really key people on there to really drive the, the experience of, of, of their world back into the business to help us grow um, and also hold myself and Selena accountable um, into what we want to achieve over the next few years. Um, but just, yeah, culturally. So look, I'm interviewing our owners. Every owner has a different story to tell. Every owner has their own value add that they can give back to the network and other owners of what they would have done differently if they had their time again with KX or would they have opened that many studios or would, would they you know, what they would have done with their training team or their, their culture in their own team. So just trying to pull out all the different pieces and give back to our owners and really 
again, provide an environment where if you're looking at, 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 a, at a fitness business or a Pilates franchise to open, you see all the things we provide, um, the founders still involved, et cetera, et cetera, that, you know, hopefully you would choose us over over our competitors, which will hopefully keep us on top. You know, the F45s, the FS8s, they don't come with a founder who was their trainer, who mm. you know, kind of developed and and, um, and started from scratch. So we've got a fantastic story. You know, still very much Australian-owned, family-owned business, which is really exciting. But at the same time, the expertise of everyone else coming in. I love it. I'd like to finish off with this, right? What's your biggest piece of advice that you would give someone right now about to get into business? And I'm sure I- there's a million, right? <laughs> but what's like the ultimate yeah the ultimate is I, I love that whole rubbish about how many books you read a year I think you need to find for me it was mentorship yeah. you need to find a mentor who has been there done that and even if it's a competitor who's bigger like uh, the when people are successful I think you get to a stage where you want to give back you want to give back to people who are coming up in the ranks uh, I give a lot of my time you know, back to startups and, and guys who who are coming through the ranks or want to franchise their business, etc. Um, so, a hundred percent would be find a mentor or a business advisor who can help and guide them. The amount of mistakes that I made in the beginning because I didn't have that. I had my business groups and stuff, which were great, but the specific one-on-one coaching that I now have, you know, it, it's a complete game changer. And the second was what I said before: is, is you need to find out what your strengths are because even from the very beginning, I delegated finance, bookkeeping marketing like get that stuff off your desk if you can pay someone to do that to free up your time to do the things you are good at um it it, it, uh, it changes the world get the right people in the right seat doing the right thing <laughs> yeah jim collins man, he's, a, he's a brilliant man he knows he's a champion we're going through um scaling up at the moment i don't know if you've gone through it or i'm sure you've, you've heard about it right we're going through that yes. at the moment with a couple of, couple of the guys and uh yeah that's like the big thing right it's like keep the main thing the main thing and get yes. the right people in the right seats doing the right thing. So, you know, it's so simple, but it's so true. And it's so true, you know. Yep. Um, I think yep. sometimes as founders and CEOs, we get so caught up in, you know, being the control freaks of wanting to do everything ourselves because, hey, we, we we know how to do it better, right? Um, and I well, think, and that's the yeah. thing. And I think you've got to yeah. realise that, you know, one day you want to sell your business, someone's going to come along and go, where's this business without you? You control freak Correct. who is completely over everything. If you can seriously sit back and go, yeah, I'm here, but they don't need me for anything. Like I could honestly go away for 12 months with my family and KX would still grow and develop and be amazing because the team is just sensational. And I think it's the ego to go, you know what? I'm not good at something. Someone mm-hmm. is better than me. So employ them to do it. And even if that's the CEO role, I think it's a really big point. Because still own the become... business. We, me and my wife still own the business. It's still 100% ours. Like, um, I don't need to, to to be at the head to uh, to feel good about only, you know, running the business. But personally, I had this light bulb moment. I was like, it was, it was a little while ago now. And I thought to myself, shit, I'm this business's biggest liability. <laughs> right? Correct. If I get hit by a bus tomorrow, what happens? Yep. And then... This was about a year ago now, and I started putting in the right people, right, in the right seats, doing the right things. Um, so now I can, you know, go away for a week, and I know it's in good hands, and I'm still running, you know. Yeah. And, and yeah. Now I've got a couple a, things a, that we're working on. It's running, a but. great feeling as well when you know you can just like now I can go and have a baby and know that the business is 100 safe. It's growing. It's good hands. in a great position in good hands. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Aaron, thank you, sir. How do we find you? Where do we spend most of the time? Are you a, you're a social guy? Mate, I'm not a social guy. I'm not. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm on LinkedIn. 
but no, not really. I'm a bit of a private person when it comes to that sort of stuff. And, and to be honest, I'd rather spend that little bit extra time with my kids than stopping and taking a photo and posting and hashtagging. So um, <laughs> no, you can throw me, you can, you can throw me a, a message on LinkedIn. Otherwise, um, you know, any, any contact through Cakesplot is always comes back to me. Uh, everyone knows knows how to get in touch. I just do a Google search. It's not that hard. <laughs> Aaron, thank you very much, mate. It's uh, been a pleasure to have you on the show. And I look forward to actually seeing you face-to-face next time at an EEO event. Awesome. coming up. Thank you very much. Appreciate having me. Thank you, bud.